Hi, this is Aaron Douglas. I'm Chief Tyrrell in Battlestar Galactica, and you are listening to Galactica Quorum Online. All Joseph Adama had to do that whole scene was write in a legal pad. They could blow up the planet, <laughs> and I would not believe that anybody died. Hello, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. A fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica and Caprica. And this is episode 95. My name is Brian and... Jason. You can find us on the web at galacticacorum.com. Email us at gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And our voicemail for comments or questions is 301-358-5175. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter name is Galactica Quorum. And also find us on Facebook. Be sure to listen to our other podcast, Geek Quorum, where we talk about other sci-fi shows and movies. And check out our website for our ongoing Battlestar Galactica book giveaway. Details are on the website. For the show, we'll be talking about the Caprica episode, Retribution. We have not listened to the official sci-fi podcast. We will not be divulging any spoilers. We will only be speculating. Is anybody really actively out looking for Caprica spoilers at this point? <laughs> Before we get to the actual episode itself, we've obviously been talking a lot about the show and its inadequacies and whatnot. But before we get to talking about this latest episode, let's raise the level of discourse a little bit. We got a nice voicemail, which talks about what made Battlestar Galactica such a good show. When you talk about the subtext of what the episodes and what the series is about. So let's just roll into that. Hey, this is Diamond from uh, way back, many moons ago with BSG, but uh, watching Caprica. Interestingly enough, my wife, who's not a sci-fi person, really likes Caprica, but you were talking about the religion aspect, and I think one thing to keep in mind, and you got to go back maybe to Ron Moore's early days of Carnival, he's always got sort of this religious thing going through it. And actually, I was really struck by what's the purpose that uh, religions exist and, and whatnot. And one of the things that I think it wanted to play into is the fear of death. And then how do you recruit people? And you can see it as a, an essay on maybe how early Christianity developed. Hey, we've got this way that you can not die or you have the contacts with the people. And people are looking for that type of solution. So it's actually really, like I said, a kind of an essay on the role of religion. I think he's actually making a pretty good undertone for it, although there are some problems. When you're reborn, you're not actually there. But on the other hand, I think they're also trying to sell contact with your friends, your family. And isn't that what all, all the spiritualism is about? You know, the, they... Hucksters sell it all the time to rubes looking to for the contact. That's the way you make your religion grow and throw out the established, in this case, pantheistic religion to replace it with something that we've got better answers for you or we've got something that you otherwise need. So I think that's just one aspect that actually maybe you're uh, underselling on this one. Sure, I, I agree there's a lot of problems in the other stuff, but I have enjoyed that aspect of it. You guys take care. Bye. That's actually a brilliant thought because also what you could tie that back into is they're using technology to create their afterlife, or that's what Clarice wants, mm -hmm. which of course ties back to the whole mostly panned ending of BSG where the big warning was don't get too reliant on technology. So you could almost tie that back into this. It's like, okay, here's the seeds of where they put too much faith in technology over their actual faith. And I guess I'm almost starting to believe that 
maybe they really weren't trying to make Caprica for people that were fans of BSG. Because it seems like the more I read about it, the more the people that like Caprica really weren't into BSG and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's a really good point that he makes. I just wish that they were doing it in a way that the characters and the story was more captivating. There's obviously a way to have that kind of subtext in the show, but I don't know if they are successful wrapping it up in the characters they have and the stories that they have, which is a shame because that is something that is really interesting to explore. To your point about the show being for one audience or another audience, there's a post on our Facebook from Alexander who's writing about his viewing experience. He writes that, I only first heard about Caprica earlier this year. I've now seen the first 10 episodes and I love the show. I think it is great science fiction. I love the themes they cover and the rich culture of the city. My thoughts may differ due to me not having watched BSG first. However, once I finished watching the first nine episodes of Caprica, I watched all of BSG for the first time and now I am a huge BSG fan. It's hard to compare the two shows due to them being very different, but I love them both and will be sad if Caprica gets canceled. First of all, if you watched all of BSG in the last couple months, hats off to you. That's a lot of viewing. <laughs> but I, I do think that the audiences are different. I think part of why there's a lot of pushback for Caprica is, A, people that were not happy with the finale were washing their hands of the BSG franchise in totality. And B, people that did like BSG are not seeing enough of that in this show. But then it just comes back to, again, if you did not ever see BSG, you might enjoy Caprica on its own merits. However, I have to wonder, like, if I was coming into it for the first time, would I be engaged by the characters or would I be engaged by the story? I think the environment and whatnot, I think I would be. But I, and we'll probably talk about this. We've been talking about it for a long time. The characters themselves, I just, there is none of them that I'm sympathetic towards. And I just wish that was different. Are we ready to move on to the discussion of this episode? Sure. All right. Here is the recap for the episode Retribution. It was a dark and stormy night. Lacey and her band of teen terrorists are planting charges to blow up a spaceport. Are they really going to blow up a public building? Uh, shocker, no. Lacey screws up and they have to make a getaway. Daniel strong-arms some board members to get them to vote his way. Nasty, distasteful business. But fortunately for Daniel's conscience, they all seem to be pedophiles or drug-abusing crooks. So, no harm, right? Clarice is taking care of business, finding the members of Lacey's crew with astounding ease. Who knew that Clarice was as quick and silent as a cat, entering the apartment of one and toying with him like a mouse before disposing of him in a creative way? Did I mention it's raining? The cops are back, and Agent Durham suspects Clarice. He's told to lay off the case. How high up does the STO influence go? But keeps on the case. He goes to talk to Amanda, who is very much alive. Amanda is shaken by the information about Clarice and goes home to get a gun. Barnabas is jittery, and why not? He's surrounded by day players, and Clarice is on the warpath. She finds his lair, and continuing her flair for the dramatic kill, handcuffs Barnabas to a bomb instead of killing him outright. But she spares Lacey. Why? Maybe the special bomb they have. You know, them both being in the opening credits. After the long night, Clarice returns home, and Amanda questions her about recent events. The gun is in her hand. Roll credits. All right, we now enter the portion of the podcast where uh, we are generally pretty critical. So, <laughs> at least I'm going to be. Some people emailed me or voicemailed me and they said that they thought this was a little bit better episode. But I honestly, I was not a fan of this episode and I'll get to my thoughts in a moment. But you have the floor. I'm on the little bit better episode. The parts with Daniel and the Adamas, the whole retaking of the company, per se, I've found that the most interesting part of these first two episodes, which, of course, means really my problem is is that that's been about 20 to 25% maybe of what they focused on for the first two episodes. So I'm just so not interested or turned off by the whole focus on Clarice 
and whatever they think is going on with Amanda that I'm just not that interested in the show overall. It's like I tend to do other things while they're on screen and then pay attention when it's Greystone and Adama, which, of course, all the buildup, all the marketing buildup to this show was about Greystone and Adama. It wasn't about some person I had never heard of. You know, so I find that weird. Also, the last five minutes of the return episode with Zoe in New Cap City was supposed to be all thrilling and exciting that they saved it for the last five minutes. And then they did absolutely nothing about it. Again, a Greystone and an Adama completely ignored. Mm-hmm. And my ultimate complaint, and, I'm, and I know you have this issue too, is there's no way the last scene can turn out without me being somewhat bummed. Either they killed off Spike, which was the best part of the Clarice storyline, or they fake killed yet another person, and they've already gone to that well so many times, mm-hmm. they could blow up the planet, <laughs> and I would not believe that anybody died. Mm-hmm. If if he's alive, then I just don't think they'll ever have the nerve to kill off anyone of consequence. Right. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, but you mentioned that you're only watching in the background, and that's funny because I got a tweet from Troy who wrote that on a previous episode, he said on the first viewing, he was watching it in the background, he wasn't engaged, and it was only when he watched it an hour later, he was engaged and thought there were some intense scenes. I just don't feel like there's enough going on character-wise that we want to invest intense viewing with. When Clarice was going off, going to find all these Barnabas crew members and offing them, I was tempted for the first time ever watching a BSG show to fast forward because I was like, this is not story. This is just scenes playing out for going through. It's telling me nothing about what's going on. It was just eating up time in a 45 minute episode. And I was like, just let me get to something that's going to move this story forward. You're right. If she wasn't going to say anything of consequence in those scenes, they could have had a montage of her offing those people in such a shorter amount of time. I mean, if you took out her stalking these other characters, and you took out the scenes of it raining and the thunderclaps, and then the, the scenes... I've said this before, I hate to harp on it again, but the flashbacks, usually a flashback to a previous episode, but this usually a flashback to a scene that happened literally two minutes before with Amanda hearing what the agent told her, trying to pad the episode out that much that you have to replay a scene from literally two minutes ago. Editorially, I hate that device. And then when it's done in the same episode, it drives me nuts. Barnabas, they clearly set it up so that he could return in season two, which was looking ever more doubtful. My thing with Barnabas is, was there ever a character who was so quickly neutered after his first appearance? He started off as this badass with like chains on his arm. Within an episode, he became Clarice's bitch, basically. She knocked him down on his home turf. And then he's hiding. He looked totally ineffectual. He had no power whatsoever. And that makes me wonder... If he is gone forever or just for however many episodes, what purpose did that character serve? What did he do? Other than have Lacey join for a couple minutes to practice her gun target practice or learn how to wire a bomb. He showed up, Clarice got mad at him, and he was gone a couple episodes later. When you look at inserting a character who's going to be a multi-episode character, and you look at what effect he has on the other characters, it wasn't an effective use of the character at all. Yeah, you could have had anyone help Lacey learn whatever she did or accomplish whatever she did or didn't or was trying to do without having to bring in someone that you advertised as coming in. And part of my frustration is, again, with the focus on Clarice and why she was knocking off all these characters. 
Why did she do it? I'm not clear about the motivation. I mean, last episode, we were very confused about Amanda being dead. They didn't do a good job editorially making it clear that the world knew that she wasn't dead. They, they try to trick us into thinking that she was in the beginning, but by the end, they didn't make it clear that the public at large knew that she was okay. And in this episode, I don't quite follow why she was targeting all these terrorist kids. I mean, obviously, she wanted to get rid of them because they oppose her, but they made it sound like she really, really wanted to do it this time. Why? Was it because they failed to blow up the spaceport? Was it because they were following Barnabas's orders and not hers? Was it because they were supposed to be blowing up the spaceport when she was supposed to be arriving at the spaceport? I wasn't clear exactly what the focus of her extreme impetus for this episode that night to kill them was. I didn't get it. If you wanted to get rid of those characters, it would have been more fun to have Lacey refuse to get in the car but leave her bag in the car. And then when they're rushed to get away and blow the bomb up, then they blow themselves up. <laughs> and I should have mentioned this other thing. I can actually tie this back to one of my BSG issues. The scene with Amanda bringing the gun to Clarice's house had no impact on me whatsoever because they focused entirely too much on Clarice to make me believe that, ooh, Amanda might kill her right here, right now. It's another thing of them going up to the edge and then kind of pulling back. It's like when at the Algae Planet in BSG, ooh, are they going to wipe out half the cast as a cliffhanger? I mean, just look in the last two episodes, how many times they've pretended to go somewhere but didn't. They pretended to blow up a stadium. They didn't do it. They pretended that Amanda died, but she didn't. They pretended that they were going to blow up a spaceport, but they didn't. They're going to pretend that Amanda's going to actually shoot Clarice. She won't. It's kind of like if you go back to the first set of episodes, Zoe Bot shooting her dog yeah. would have been much more effective if she'd have actually shot the dog yeah. than just leaving it as a, ooh, it's a psych out. And while I find the Greystone Adama thing much more interesting at the moment, I'm watching that one scene where the other guy delivered the remains of the robot back to Greystone, and I'm like, really? This top-secret government project that he let get away, that they had to destroy, that was then returned somehow to the company that he no longer controls. <laughs> and somehow someone who's somewhat loyal to him snuck this, I'm going to assume, pretty freaking heavy robot <laughs> out of the building and back to great... For being a top-secret government project... Caprica has the worst security ever. Well, his house has terrible security. The number of gangsters and whatnot that shows up. In this episode, Amanda goes back to her house and just walks in. I mean, she probably has access code. She can get in. But again, anytime she enters the buildings, there's probably some tweet that Serge should send to Daniel. It says, excuse me. Amanda uh, came home. Amanda came home. Amanda's home. And be like, right. oh, okay. And like, what? And she just comes in and leaves. Whatever. I, I, I would have liked a little bit more with the robot. It's like, here, here's the robot. How about an ending scene of him looking at a picture of Zoe and Amanda, and then he starts to pull the pieces of the robot out of the box. Mm. That would have been a nice poignant ending. He can't give up the ghost. He's still trying to put something back together that's forever destroyed. Not the robot, his daughter. And I and agree. how is he not going into New Cap City? I refuse to believe after all this time <laughs> that there's not at least one worthy scene of Greystone walking around New Cap City himself. I can't believe there's not a scene where Adama told Greystone that he saw his daughter walking around New Cap City, but he can't get back, and he wants to get back. Mm. 
I mean, that's where the story lies. Like, I agree with you. Adama and Daniel, including Sam also, because the Joseph Adama character, for me, utterly useless. At this episode, I made a note when they're sitting there at the table and he's going through the folder about which board members they can strong arm. All Joseph Adama had to do that whole scene was write in a legal pad. He was writing. That's all he did. And I'm like, what a waste of this character. And I wouldn't care that they've made this character so minimalized, except for the fact that his name is, hello, Joseph Adama. And we know he is part of this larger canon, but they've just made him nothing. And if you're not going to have William Adama, who's in the opening credits, be in the scenes, just give me five minutes where he commits some crime (laughs) and a judge sentences him to, like, military school. Right. And you ship him off to military school. And then there's your plausible, oh, okay, so this is where we get the seeds of him being the great protector of the remnants of society 40 years down the line. But again, if they had just made Joseph Adama, Joseph Smith, instead of Adama, I wouldn't care. But they made a point from episode one to have him in this focus, in this central role. And now I don't know what they're doing with him. As far as the New Cap City, they want to keep it simple and not introduce too many different virtual worlds. So New Cap City is sort of like the default area where a lot of the illicit virtual stuff is going on. That's fine. I just wonder, like you said, why, if they are going to keep it simple like that, why doesn't Daniel go into this other realm? And they need to have a good explanation why Zoe ended up there instead of just the general virtual network. And I hope it goes back to something I had said a few episodes, podcast episodes ago. If the STO or whatever organization it is, is like trying to develop this AI program for their ultimate apotheosis project that they have for a long time been underwriting this New Cap City game so that they can ferret out a true AI that's among the system network. I think that has potential because that implies that there's more going on. And actually, speaking more going on, the implication when Durham was talking to his superior, then the superior told him to lay off the case. It sounds like he's being told to lay off because the police force itself is being infiltrated by the STO. Okay, that's fine, but don't make the STO sound like such a small fringe group if they're so embedded into politics, police, religion, just everything. They're everything. I think my frustration with the past episode was just, you hate to say it, but, you know, the wasted potential. It's like there's two good minutes, and then it's like five or six where I'm just like, okay, we get it. Clarice is a badass. Clarice has some mystical power to influence other people. She's got operatives everywhere. Okay, we get it. Do something with it. Yeah. Let's just move to New Cap City for an episode. Put Clarice in New Cap City looking for the Deadwalkers. She knows who Zoe is. You would think she knows someone who's been in there scouting out stuff. If she's got this idea for apotheosis... All right, so just really fast, the ratings for this past episode, they shed another 50,000 viewers. They're down to 840,000. That's the new series low. They got a 0.4 rating, I believe, this time. The next episode, we'll see whether they've leveled off or whether they rebound. They, maybe they're hoping on DVR ratings to bump it up a little bit. But honestly, of all the shows on sci-fi that we talk about, this one is the lowest rated of all of them. So... I don't know what hopes the show has, but stranger things have happened. Maybe they just want to continue the franchise in some way and appease Ron Moore and whatever. But that's just the way it is right now. All right. So the end of another cheery episode about Caprica. <laughs> if you want to chime in, please do. Our email address is gcorum at gmail.com. Our voicemail, 301-358-5175. Thank you again for subscribing. The Jump Clock is running. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya.
but keeps on the case. Keeps on the case, but keep, I'm sorry, I wrote, I wrote this like ten minutes ago. But keeps on the case. 